Hi listeners, welcome back to the Don't Quote Me On It podcast. I'm Emma, your host, and it's great to be back. It's been about a month. Um, sorry it's taken so long again, but today we're back with a very interesting topic called imposter syndrome or imposterism. And my guest is a good friend of mine, Pranjal. Hello. Um... I'm also a grade 11 student from an international school and we wanted to talk about imposter syndrome and what effects it has on individuals and how you might suffer from it without even knowing that you are. So we just wanted to highlight this issue and see how we can come up with ways to solve it. Yeah, exactly. And I I definitely wanted to pick for this because I think if we look at the situation objectively, we both definitely have manifestations of imposterism in our daily life. We both tend to be quite high <laughs> when it comes to like what we strive for. Um, so this is definitely something Sometimes that we have unrealistic expectations. Exactly. Yes. Which is, you know, a really big part of this because let's start with defining imposterism or imposter syndrome, because I believe there are some of you out there who have no idea what we're talking about. So imposter syndrome essentially refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. Um, Unfortunately, this is often narrowly just applied to like intelligence achievement, but it has a lot of links to social context as well and social performance. And it's this idea of, you know, feeling that people are going to discover you to be something that you want. You, are. that you aren't exactly like a bit of a fraud, which is why whenever you kind of Google imposter syndrome, you always see these images of masks because it's this idea of like nobody knows how the truth really is exactly and since we're probably going to talk about perfectionism i think most of us know what it is but just as a side note it's kind of this need to be or appear perfect or even it's just this idea of um thinking that it's possible to achieve perfection which is it it truly isn't possible but you know to some extent, we think we, we wouldn't hold anyone else to that standard, but we have to be capable of it. Mm-hmm. It's insane when you try to actually justify any of it. But Pranjal, why don't you start us out? Um, what's the origin of imposter syndrome? So in the 1970s, two female psychologists who wished to highlight this problem conducted an investigation However, they ignored or um, weren't able to highlight the effects of systemic racism, classism, and xenophobia. And this was then later pathologized and given as a diagnosis, especially to women who suffered from sexist biases and other anxiety at their workplace. And there is a disproportionate trend of it affecting high-performing individuals, like Emma said, according to the American Psychological Association. And the first study conducted was only targeted towards white women, thereby excluding all women of color. And it also neglected all historical and cultural influences of women of different backgrounds and people with various income levels, genders, and professional backgrounds. Damn, yeah, exactly. Because what we know uh, psychologists have come to see now is that 
imposter syndrome does not discriminate at all there are definitely certain parts of society that are more affected by it generally like between the genders like females tend to be um, more pre- have it at a higher prevalence and when you look at ethnic minorities that tends to be the same as well but in reality it does not discriminate really between age gender race religion or occupation and i feel like that was a big fault in that study for sure yeah it's imposter syndrome misleads people into thinking that we should fix people with this syndrome yeah instead of fixing the environment in which they live and work exactly it's definitely sorry you go first (laughs) and Simply, if you think about the words imposter syndrome, it's kind of accusing people of being a criminal fraud and diminishing their self-confidence and growth. The term syndrome is often associated with medical ailments and it kind of demoralizes people um, by labeling them with this term. Yeah, and I don't think it does any, (laughs) any justice for a woman because it kind of brings about this, there's this idea of female hysteria Uh, back in the 19th century and the fact that imposter syndrome has been kind of put as a trademark of oh you're just overthinking you're you know over exaggerating everything especially on women that is terrible when you think about the social consequences that it has Mm -hmm. and And famous people like american actress viola davis Mm. chief operating officer cheryl davis and even former first lady michelle obama have said previously that they have had uh, times when they thought they suffered from imposter syndrome. And even scientists like Albert Einstein said that he felt a feeling of fraudulence. And this was due to his extremely high accomplishments in the scientific field of physics. And um, it's, it's kind of reassuring to see that people who you see on television or on social media or in history have also recognized themselves in this syndrome yeah um and that you suffer from it kind of shows that you're not really alone and you have other people in society who you can talk about this with For sure, and I think that's part of the solution is addressing it because there's this whole phenomenon of pluralistic ignorance which just has to do with the idea that we all doubt ourselves privately but we're alone in thinking that so we, nobody voices their doubts and it ends up being this huge phenomenon of everyone being like oh my gosh I'm, I'm terrible and everyone else is doing amazing and they have confidence so that definitely contributes to it and I think there are other solutions like um, something that I read was that you know whenever you receive positive feedback whether that be a really good report card and you know yourself to be someone who has imposterism those are things you have to cherish so that you can revisit them when you're really feeling low and really feeling like a fraud and I have to say that does work (laughs) because there have been times where I'm like I I truly can't do this I don't deserve any of the credit that I'm receiving from teachers from classmates and then I look back to something that I did quite well on 
and I'm like, hey, <laughs> maybe I do belong. Like maybe I have the capabilities to pull whatever project it may be off. Exactly. I yeah, I have to agree with that.、Um, I've also previously experienced this kind of feeling that I've done particularly well according to other people,、mm. but don't necessarily recognize myself for it. Yeah, and it it can be very <laughs> demoralizing. But、yeah. um, in the end, you kind of come to know that. You do actually deserve the credit you are given, yeah. Whether that be from teachers or friends、um, in school, yeah. And I've noticed it's a pretty hellish cycle because the way that I, a part of my brain, kind of processes the situation is like, hey, you know, yes, this isn't right to hold yourself to such a high standard, and these are standards that you, Emma, as a seventeen-year-old girl who's not a professional scientist. You simply cannot achieve that with this biology lab report. But whatever I see is that every time that I've used that kind of self torture on myself, generally I'm rewarded with successes. So the problem in that is that it kind of reassures my way of thinking, and I feel like that's why I'm still stuck in it and I haven't been able to leave it is because it's still yielding the results that I would want to see. Sure, it's extremely unhealthy, and I don't think it's going to be. Possible, you know, over a long run, and I have to say, burnout is already kind of making its way into my life. But, you know, it's 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 upsetting in that way, is that to some extent there are certain positives, and it definitely is a part of this whole hustle culture, anyways, that some people praise. So, like a lot of people don't even recognize it as an issue. Yeah. Also, like women are often punished for lacking confidence or、yeah. showing too much confidence, and they're criticized for demonstrating it in a way that's unacceptable by social standards and systems that are made for men. Yeah. And well, on the other hand, men in most cases showing confidence would be praised and rewarded even. Yeah. So that kind of. Creates a bit more of a pressure on women, and being able to talk about it openly I with、agree. people they trust. Yeah, and I like said I think it's a lot of issues within the system and within society that has kind of resulted in these,、um, I guess, mental battles for a good amount of women, and、um, it's a.、Uh, It's something that a lot of people like to define very simply because there have been trends of like, if you have grown up in an abusive home or a home where high ach- achievement was was put on a really high pedestal or these kinds of things, some people are like, oh, it's because of childhood trauma. That's the only reason why. That the thing is, you see imposters and and people who have grown up with perfectly happy childhoods and whose parents aren't pushing them. Like my my parents, the bottom line whenever I get a report card for, from my parents themselves is just pass. You have to pass your classes, and if you get stuff that is C and above, we're more than happy for you. So it's never in my case, it's never been that my parents have forced me to study or work hard. It's not that they have ever expressed being disappointed in me, and that that has kind of fueled this. It's the fact that I can't accept myself. Doing anything to a lower standard, 
because I know for some people it's like it's more about comparison so like if other people aren't doing as well like that will kind of make them feel like oh okay this was a hard test it's fine but personally the way that I am is that I don't compare myself to others I just compare myself to my previous achievements and how I've done previously so it doesn't matter if you know it looks like in the grand scheme of things I'm doing all right if that's not up to what I hold myself to like in terms of standards I'm gonna continue to be unsatisfied because it's not anyone else's fault it's just like this internal system that I've created mm -hmm. yeah we know ourselves from the inside including all our doubts fears and insecurities but we we only know others from the outside and what they share or they choose to tell you and yeah. it can be more edited in a way and so you don't really perceive what their vulnerabilities are really like yeah. as well as we know our own and it's kind of at the root of imposter syndrome as we forget that others are just like us and they also go through things that we might not know about or yeah. um, particularly understand for sure i completely agree and the thing is um as we talked a little bit in the beginning perfectionism tends to be kind of correlated a lot with imposterism and it's something that people it's upsetting because growing up i heard a lot of people tell me always oh my gosh emma you're such a perfectionist and it was often used as something that was meant to be a compliment you know but to some extent it kind of fueled me thinking oh you need to be perfect because this is what people see you as yeah so it's like this is what people see you as this is what people want from you you have to rise to the occasion so i feel like that kind of encouraged me to be like hey this is it's not just you it's not just you in your head this is what you should be and um, perfectionist tendencies have a lot of links to really serious mental health issues like depression anxiety in some serious cases they can also lead to like self-harm social anxiety disorders binge eating insomnia there's so much that people don't see that's kind of the unglamorous side of haha i have perfectionism because i know yeah. when i was in seventh eighth maybe even ninth grade for periods of time i was dealing with some serious social anxiety because i was like what if i say something that's not right and it's not i'm not just talking in a classroom context in like a being around friends socializing context mm -hmm. it, it started to apply itself to not just my academics to literally every part of my life to the point that i just wanted to shut myself out because i was like i'm not never going to be as good as i should be so like might as well not even try i don't know have what what has your experience with imposterism have been like do you feel like you've moved past some of it or is it um i can't exactly pinpoint times where i have felt like i'm an imposter or perfectionist but um i know that i have at one point or another and it can be very um draining and exhausting mm. because you feel like you have to um, meet these expectations that others have kind of learned from you or they from what they've known you to be and yeah. what you've been able to accomplish 
in the time that they had known you. And it's kind of like trying to avoid failure and rejection at all costs, even if it may be unhealthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of the idea that you're not perfect all the time. If you're not perfect all the time, you can't be happy or enjoy life. And it can be very <laughs> stressful. For sure. And I feel like in, in your situation, I've been fortunate in the sense that um, culturally, perfectionism in Finland isn't really, everyone kind of takes school easy, relatively easily. But I know, like, on your end, I feel like there's also an extra layer of kind of cultural pressure when it comes to just like achieving well, you know, and mm-hmm. being successful. That doesn't yeah. aid. It's not always the case, but um, sometimes it can be very like with in terms of like backgrounds and stuff and how you're supposed to be academically excellent and have the best grades and always be on top of everything and keep up the work. Even if you did well on one thing, it doesn't mean that you'll do well on another. So you have to kind of maintain that standard, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's essentially perfectionism in a way. Yeah, and it's perfectionism is at its core, it's ridiculous because it's just unrealistic. That's the biggest thing. I understand to an extent. It's good to you know strive for amazing things and you know always try your best but it's just this idea of like you need to be able to also forgive yourself (laughs) and i think um this maybe not as much imposterism but perfectionism for a period of time um at the really beginning of covid was really starting to hit a lot of people and i think i noticed that in myself too is that i was not giving myself any room for mistakes even though we were in a global pandemic even though every other aspect of my life had changed i couldn't see my friends i was stuck indoors school was online learning was more difficult i was not allowing myself to slip at all and if i did catch myself slipping you know i was like oh my gosh that's unacceptable but then i'd see my friends having a tough time and when i was thinking logically i'd be like of course i mean look at what's happening to the world but is like isn't it insane that you can still so rationally see other people's situation and empathize with it but you're so incapable of empathizing with yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think i could agree more <laughs> yeah it's like really the highlight of hypocrisy like it doesn't get like this better isn't the word to use here but it doesn't really get better than that like that's <laughs> oh. yeah but what are maybe have there been specific ways that since you know we've talked about this a little bit and you've kind of addressed like hey this is something that i do that you found that would help you kind of combat those feelings of imposterism or move past them or you know kind of replace them with habits that are healthier and more proactive in a way just talking to other people and it doesn't have to be explicitly about things that you're struggling with but um, just spending time with family and friends and giving time to yourself to do other things that make you happy and Mm. 
being around people that encourage positivity and yeah are just relaxing and nourishing that's that's a really good point to make and i think a big part of it is also like when you catch yourself going into those ways of thinking like i've tried to make it very intentional for me to always correct myself where it's like hey when it comes to an assignment and i've spent many days working on it it's like i gave this my best and i will have to be satisfied with whatever it is that i get because i know that i i gave it my all <laughs> and that's you know that's enough and it's also one thing that we all have to address is that if you're perfect and incapable of mistakes you're never going to develop yourself you will literally not learn anything new and you will not build a dimensional character like if you are perfect all the time and you don't take risks you know you're you can't gonna, grow you can't grow you're going to be in a stagnant state and i think i'm not sure what you think or what others might believe but i think perfection doesn't exist no and nobody in the world is perfect mm. they have accomplishments and achievements in their life that they're proud of or they're happy with themselves as an individual mm. but i don't think that any one person is perfect everyone has struggles and everyone deals with things that other people might not know about and yeah um it just simply doesn't exist yeah what defines perfect it's subjective to every single person it is it's, it's different for you for me yeah and i think it's about really realizing that for me part of it was like hey you you know having these thought processes it's not just harming you but i'm incapable of in some situations being the person that i would want to be because i'm letting these imposter thoughts you know kind of get into my head a little bit like if i am in a social situation and i have something i want to say somehow that i want to contribute you know i feel like i can't do it because what if i don't say it all right what if someone doesn't agree with it and it's really it's really um tough in that way but to kind of uh finish this off maybe <laughs> cuz we've been running for about 23 minutes which is pretty good for this discussion cuz that's all i really felt like i wanted this episode to be um what would you say if you could if if you want me to start i can definitely start but if you had to kind of recognize five main ways that imposterism manifests itself in your life and they kind of say like hey how is this something that i could like combat if there's someone listening who experiences similar stuff i think that could be a way mm-hmm. to wrap it up um one would be talking to other people that you trust mm. um second one is just do things or hobbies that you like to do and make you happy mm. um third would be listening to other people's stories and hearing what other people are um struggling with and going through and being able to recognize that you're not alone and 
just giving yourself the time and space you need to process whatever it is that you might be going through um, and just kind of encouraging yourself to speak about it and sharing your story. For sure. I feel like you you covered the majority of points that I was planning on covering, so I think that's probably a pretty good note to end this on. And just for the listeners out there, if someone comes to you and admits that they're feeling feelings of imposters and never look down on those feelings, try to find ways to work with that person. And although people say that it's mainly seen in high achieving, quote unquote, intelligent individuals, imposterism can affect anyone at any mm-hmm. different stage. It's not just for the Albert Einsteins of the world. But folks, that's probably the end of our date with imposterism. Thank you so much, Pranjal, for joining in today. Thank you. Um, you have been amazing. And if you're still listening, thank you for supporting this student-led podcast. It means a lot. And this has been enough BS for the day. If you enjoy this podcast, please drop a follow and share it with friends and family. But whatever was said today, remember, don't quote me on it.